0: 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees.
1: Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston Sports Radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H Town? how are we
2: doing?
1: He's blank. I'm Branham. It's Joe George, assistant to the regional manager behind the glass. I'm disgusted with Joe George today be. for a variety of reasons. I am disgusted. You
2: still have plenty of petroleum all over you because he dipped you in the grease that yeah, hard. Yeah, that's not even what I'm most
1: upset about. He's wearing an SMU shirt. What is that? Who wears SMU shirts? No one, like, hangs know. out on the hill. A for, who gave you that shirt?
3: I think it was... My brother-in-law's. I stole it.
1: Does he go to SMU? You stole your brother-in-law's shirt? What I think
3: he left that? it one time.
1: Does he go to SMU?
3: He went, yeah.
1: Okay. So he's the one, so of, he the, one of the ten.
3: He transferred to UH. So
1: he uh, flunked no out. Cougs. I can't believe you're wearing an SMU shirt. That makes me sick. Yeah, and he's trying to put me to blame on his lack of videos that we've had recently. He tries to, to throw me into the uh, to the Wolves. It's ridiculous!
2: It, I
3: didn't
1: say that was the excuse today. It's ridiculous! Then he
2: doubles down. He goes, "We have plenty of interns that could shoot it." Yeah. Well, first of all, if it's Jeremy's fault, it doesn't matter who
1: shoots it. Yeah. Who and who's who's intern in chief? I am Joe George. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's a full Good circle. I am disgusted. Like saying that a guy's not dead and then saying that Suge Knight killed him. I mean, what are you doing?
1: This is this just it's gross. It really is. Uh, did you guys watch the All Star game last night? No, I, you didn't. You didn't. What'd you watch? Uh, there wasn't anything else on.
3: My wife's watching Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules. Oh, <laughs> so, Both of you now. Yeah,
1: you've you've won me over. <laughs> yeah. I'm no longer disgusted with you. Both Everything's of you. good. We're good again. That's what I did with my life last <laughs> night. It's it's. I mean, you're catching up though, because it's been off the air for a while. Yeah,
3: we're watching from the beginning. Oh,
1: you're buckle up. Oh <laughs> no. Is it this season? Or are you watching way in the past?
3: We're all watching from, like the very beginning. Oh,
1: so you're, you you don't you have a ways to go before Scandal the scandal that rocked. Reality television. We're not there yet. Oh. Okay. Well, as long as you're watching that, I can understand. I watched a little bit of the All Star I I had it on. I was doing other things, but I had it on the television. Did you watch the All Star game? Yeah, Lisa and I were watching. She actually uh is on board with you on the electric story
2: of uh Hmm Uh Arise. Oh, he is electric. Just the story behind it and she was reading up on him and everything. She's like, This is pretty cool. And then I was explaining to her how good of a hitter he is and where he's hitting now and what he's chasing
1: with 400. And she's like, I like that guy. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. love Louisa Rice. I, he's no,
2: believe, believe. I know you
1: Louisa do. Louisa Rice is my third favorite baseball player that does not wear an Astros uniform. I know Shohei's one. Shohei's one. Shohei's one. Acuna's two.
2: Okay.
1: I love Ronald Acuna. He's 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 electric. really, really good. Yeah, he's really, really good. Uh, I mean, all-star game's cool. I was, I was hoping that it would uh, – I think it's the best all-star game for what it's worth. I was hoping that they would go to uh, extra innings because did you know what the extra inning tiebreaker yeah, was? Uh, home run derby. Yeah, like that would have been awesome. Old school home run derby. Three pitches. That would have been really cool. And three guys or each. Or three swings. You get yeah. the pitches. Yeah, and three guys each. Yeah. So you would had nine swings for each team. That would have been awesome. I was rooting cool. so much for, yeah. for a tie. Well, especially after happen. the
2: Gurriel home run that was, that wasn't. Because if it call. was... It would have been great. They got the call right, but then I was like, oh, they're never going to come back. Not only did they come back, they won well,
1: the game. What did Dusty do right yesterday? What did he do wrong? 713-780-3776. What he did right was challenging that home run. It what did. he did wrong was he mishandled the bullpen. I mean, they blew a late lead. That's Dusty's doing. Mishandled the pin of the AL All-Star team. Can't yeah. believe it.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to put, put any stock in that at all. <laughs> uh, Dusty kept Astros players healthy. He did a hell of a job.
1: Yeah, that was a heck of a walk by Kyle Tucker. That was the play of the game, in my opinion. The Kyle Tucker walk. They got Julio Rodriguez to the plate. It was a fantastic he had a play chance. appearance for Kyle Tucker. All right, we know that the first half of the season, we know what it was for the Astros. It was filled with injury. Uh, no one really exceeding expectations, at least from the guys that you were hoping would. Like Mauricio Dumont exceeded expectations. Sure. Corey Jolks exceeded expectations. Maybe even Yanner Diaz a little bit exceeded I was expectations. I say, Diaz
2: and J.P. France have to be JP like... J.P. France for yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he's your second best starting pitcher right now, ERA-wise. Uh, so we know that there's been some guys have exceeded expectations, not like a Bregman or a Tucker or a Abreguer, things like that. And in, uh, injuries, to me, is the storyline of the pre-All-Star break portion of the schedule for the Houston Astros Looking at the post-All-Star break, looking at the rest of the season, this is going to be a stretch drive. Astros two back of the AL West. They would be in the playoffs right now. What do you consider a failure for the 2023 Astros for the rest of the year? I think, to me,
2: it's the fact that you either miss the playoffs completely, that's a massive failure, or you squeak in and you're in the wild card and you're not one of the, 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 the top two teams to get in to where you can really set yourself up for the playoffs. And I know that there's some work to do to get to that point, but this team is is too talented, and it's too capable to be able to say that that shouldn't be a goal. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's a complete failure if they don't get one of the top two seeds, but if they're scratching and clawing just to get in, and they set themselves up for destruction by the fact that they are going to go through a gauntlet to get what they need to get done... I think that's going to be disappointing, but I think that a lot of people are going to say, yeah, but it's not their fault. It was injuries.
1: Would you, um, what if they lost in the wild card round of the playoffs? It'd be disappointing. Failure? Uh, it depends on how they lose.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it also, like, are you fully healthy? Like, if you're fully yeah, healthy right. and you lose in the wild card round, I think that that is a disappointment. Divisional round, how do you failure. lose? Disappointment, uh, yes, I agree with you. Failure
2: is where I'm like, yeah, you're right. If injuries factor in, no, I'm saying if E yeah, go on, go on, go on. If injuries factor in, then it's not going to be a failure. Right. It's going to be a disappointment. If they're completely healthy and, – and Michael Brantley, again, excluded because I've counted him out. But if they are, no matter what they do before the trade deadline, and they are healthy in a wild-card series and they lose, then I would consider that a failure.
1: Yeah, I would consider the wild-card round. It's hard for me to consider getting into the playoffs and like losing in the divisional round a failure – I think most people would, though. Like, this is a team that's been to six straight ALCSs, four World Series. They've won two World Series titles. I think a lot of people would say if the Astros fall short of the ALCS, that it's a failure of a season. I think you get into the playoffs, and the playoffs are such a crapshoot, it's hard for me to define it as a failure. I will concede that I think I have a minority opinion when it comes to that. I think I'm a little softer with my stance once you make the playoffs than most people are. I think most people in the city that wears Astros blue and orange would say anything short of the ALCS is a failure. You tell me, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. I will uh, definitely. If you miss the playoffs, to failure. Like this, the Astros should never be missing the playoffs. Like even going forward, this should be a team that continues to redevelop its minor league system and reload year in year out. You're in a big enough market. I think the Astros for years have been able to do it right, investing in your young players, developing your own, and winning that way. I think the Astros could be a playoff team like every single year. I think they could be like the Braves, like the Cardinals. Although the Cardinals is not a great example uh, to use this year. So missing the playoffs, playoffs for me is a failure literally every single season going forward for the Houston Astros. Wild card round? Look, I don't want to be in the wild card round. You should aspire to be a top 2 team to, to not even be playing in the wild card round. So I'll leave, I'll go that far. I'll go that far. You get ousted from the wild card round, I consider the 2023 Astros a failure. And I think that
2: it's it's fair to say that. I think you're right. You know, getting in is one thing. But I think that this fan base in particular, and we've talked about this, they are spoiled rotten because of the success of this team. But I believe that at a certain point, they believe that they should at least be knocking on the door to the ALCS. Now, you might lose a tough divisional series, and then I don't think it's a failure. But I think that unless you get to the divisional series and you compete, everything previous to that, if that's where you exit... It is a failure.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. Because like, if you go division round and you're playing, let's say, the Rays finish with the best record in all of baseball, and I think the Rays are really stinking good. I don't think there's a dominant team in the American League, but I think the Rays are really stinking good. And they beat you in a five-game series, a bunch of close games. It's like, ugh, I can't be, I can't call it a failure that you didn't get by them. What do you think, Joe? What is a failure for the 2023 Houston Astros?
3: Not playing in the divisional round okay. is a failure. And I, like I, so I have this weird. I don't know if this is a weird take or a bad take or a good take. If they're going to be in the wild card round, I have an idea. I want them to be the last team in because I would rather them play the Guardians or the Twins in a three game series and then play the Rangers. Like I like that path to the ALCS yeah. the most. Not playing the Rays is a better path than any other option. So like, if you can get the Guardians or the Twins or the winner of the AL Central, whoever it is. Yeah. In the wild card round, that's great, and then you get the Rangers. You can beat
1: them. No, that's not a that's not a bad take at all. Now, if you're getting the Rangers, okay, because they're the two seed. Yeah, they're the two seed. Yeah, you so you're get, saying the Rangers would finish with the second best. Yeah, because the, the three division winners. Okay, I see what you're saying.
3: So you get the Guardians and then the Rangers. Like that to me is the best best path. I think that's an easy path to yeah. the yeah. ALCS again, if you're a wild that's card. That's a good team. take.
2: But that's also why I think anything short of divisional series is a failure because you should success rate numbers intimidation all of that you should beat anybody in the wild card round i think
3: yeah i i would agree like i would rather i'd rather play the guardians than the, the orioles blue or the blue jays
1: yeah no i think it, it's if you if you know you're going to be a wild card series participant it's better to be the third wild card than it is the first or second.
3: I guess well, – That would be a, tough you, schedule. That'd be, a, that'd be a tough series. How would you – Where do you put the the Orioles right now versus, like, the Blue Jays and the Guardians? I think they lack pitching.
1: Yeah, I think the Orioles are much better than the Guardians. I think they're not – I'd rather face the Orioles than the Blue Jays in a, in a three-game series. Yeah, I would agree. Because think- what he said, their pitching's just yeah.
2: – I think their lineup can compete with Toronto's. I, I, I offensively, I just don't think their pitching can compete with Toronto.
1: Their their offense is ridiculous. I think they're more of a regular season team. Like they're going to yeah. win a lot of games in the regular season because their offense is going to carry them. I do think their pitching somewhat underrated uh, and their bullpen's really really good, but none of these guys have pitched in the playoffs. A lot of these guys are pitching better than their mean. What do they look like in the postseason? I'd rather face Baltimore than than uh than Toronto, I rather face Cleveland than Baltimore though, and Cleveland's a little different like Cleveland's not going to hit a whole lot outside of Jose Ramirez, and then you have Josh Naylor, but they 're going to pitch you yep they're going to pitch you pretty good, although they're without and you, you get know, to the back end of that bullpen and they got some Austins yeah, back there Class that A's can, a stud. Yeah, he
2: is he is a monster back there
1: I think we're all on the same page on what consists of failure for the Astros not making the at least the division series would be a failure for this team.
3: Do you think our tone will change after the deadline? like if they make a big move, it won't for me. I think if they if they made a, a big splash and went like really all in for a high level starting pitcher, my
2: expectations for the team will likely change.
1: I don't think that's going to happen. But I, also I don't, I don't think, think
2: so. I, I, I agree. also think it'll magnify the failure. Like now, if you go out and get a big time player, yeah, I, regardless think, it, look, who it is, I think
3: it's like it raises the bar. Like if oh, they go get absolutely. a big time player, then I think you go back into like the ALCS conversation. Yeah. If they make well, a big splash. It, just, it raises the bar for this team even more than what it already is. And the
1: expectation, too. At its yeah. most,
2: if they make a big player move before the deadline, it says World Series or bust. And then, at its least, it says, well, we should at least get to the ALCS and compete.
1: I don't think there's a player that makes it World Series or bust. I think there's players that make it ALCS or bust. Because there's think, not a Juan Soto, but there's like a Giolito. You know what I mean? Like, Giolito is not going to be like World Series or bust. It'd it's be not like a Burlander type, type yeah. impact,
2: but I think that there are enough better-than-average pitchers, where you go, you get a better-than-average pitcher and maybe you add a maybe just a slightly tier-below hitter, you're going to think you're World Series bound.
1: Yeah, but to answer the question, yeah, it would. Like, what happens at the deadline is going to change this answer, I fully believe. And not just for the Astros. It's What if the Rangers go out and they keep loading up? I mean, if they
2: make a couple of big moves... That'll move the needle yeah.
1: too. The landscape might change a lot in the next two to three weeks. What is a failure for the Astros in 2023? 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line. 713-780-3776. We're on Twitch, twitch.tv, slash ESPN 97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel. I'm at Jeremy Branham. I, I have compiled a 31-name trade target list for the Astros that we'll get to sporadically throughout the show and we'll we'll put it all together and put together our killer Bee Astro wish list and make it sound really really good. Also, a why the face Wednesday and we'll see what the Willow Bits has in store for us as well. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 975 and ESPN 925. One of the things I have to tell you about is uh, the greatness that is Circa Casino in Las Vegas. You've heard about uh, the contest that Circa runs, uh, the Survivor Pool. They also have a new pool that goes against the, the uh, spread, the Circa Million. Yeah, the Circa Million and Circa Survivor are back. $14 million in guaranteed prizes, and the best part... There is no rake. They're not taking any rake from you. The biggest football contest in Las Vegas are back for their fifth year only at Circa Sports. Head to Circa, enter in Vegas, and the beauty of it, play from anywhere. Your couch, work, wherever, because you can play anywhere once you enter the contest in Las Vegas. The Circa Million Football Contest, $6 million in total prizes. There's quarterly payouts and 100% payback. No rake. Where else can you get that? Nowhere. And the top prize is $1 million guaranteed. This is your chance to be a millionaire. You pick five teams against the spread weekly, and the winner takes home $1 million. The other contest, the Circa Survivor. We've all heard about the Circa Survivor. Their biggest prize yet too: $8 million. If there's a lone survivor, if there's two or three, then you split it with them, but you're still a millionaire. It's simple. Pick a winner, straight up, no spread, win big, be the lone survivor, and a guaranteed $8 million is yours. Bigger money than ever before. Play today for your share of $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Contests are open now. You don't want to miss out. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit circusports.com for more details.
0: ESPN, 97.5.com. Is it football season yet? The men who play it are the best there are. Disciplined professionals who perform on a stage 100 yards long. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios.
1: What's uh, what's ideal room temperature for you, you Blankers? Let's come to a... uh come to a treaty you're hot i mean <laughs> i run hot thank you thank you for saying that
2: yeah i uh i don't care what you set the temperature at i you know during the day like at our house it's like 74 75 okay but i'm just insistent on right before we go to bed i drop it down to like 68
1: yeah I, we sleep at it at 68 we probably put it too low during the day we're like at 70 so you're at 70 74 split the difference 72 in the studio at all times please joe I'm george fine. I'm fine with that. 72 good for you works for you you think it will work for everybody else at the studio? Who cares about no. everybody Joe, Joe else? No. Who's going like to have contention seventy two? It's going to be
3: freezing. Oh, is like, it
1: lower the production room?
3: Well, your guys are always going to be hotter because of the Twitch lights.
1: Yeah, we're we're under the bright lights oh. of radio.
2: Yeah, yeah, because they're just giving us a radiation suntan and they're beaming heat.
1: That's why we. I mean, we do have darker complexions than most, yeah, but. I mean, I mean, so, the,
2: so the wheelies were having a problem with the temperature yesterday?
1: They're worried
3: that the A.C. is broken again
2: like last year. It's apparently. a fair
1: worry. <laughs> if, to be completely honest, it is a fair concern after the summer of 2022 that we all had to endure. Yeah,
2: but some people bitched
1: about it a lot more than others. Facts, facts. And 2023 is the summer of the bees. And, and by the way, summer of the bees continuing this week. The ESPN 97.5 Summer Circuit returns this week. Killer bees and the wheelhouse headed to the keemup boardwalk for a live broadcast this Friday broadcasting from inside the pizza oven and galaxy adventures party room. We want to see you there. Come hang out with your favorite ESPN 97 five host this Friday and all summer long on the ESPN 975 97 five summer circuit. What would be a failure for the Astros? The rest of the season, Junior Broncos, if the Astros don't make the annual Astro October Invitational, aka the ALCS, then the season is a failure. See, I think I think that would be the popular answer. I think that is the consensus because the Astros have raised the bar to where that is the minimum that they reach every single year. They've done it six years in a row. So I think that's the consensus answer. I know we differ on that, but I think that would be the popular answer if you polled every Astro fan that lives. Yeah, look, and I think... Again, when we talk about just the
2: spoiled sports culture that Astro fans have become, they don't realize how good they've got it. But because of it, they get a little bit askew when it terms with their opinions because they it's become expectation, right? In most cities, it's it's the anticipation of possibly going further. In Houston, it's the expectation that they damn well better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh 2785 losing to the Yankees in any round of the playoffs would be the be a failure. 5798 y'all neglected to mention the Yankees in the opening segment as a potential playoff opponent. The who? Uh, the Yankees. How Uh-oh. do you feel about them as a regular season and playoff opponent? Well, we'll talk playoffs cuz regular season who cares? Yankees are a game back right now the Astros. I don't like their team. Like if I'm being and this isn't I have Yankee fans that are friends that don't like their team. I'm not an like I'm not an anti-Yankee guy. Well, yeah, I am. But I I'm fair though. The Yankees roster is not very
2: good. It's boom or bust. It's been that way for a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean their pitching's not bad, especially getting Rodon back, and you have Garrett Cole up top, and like every now and then Domingo Herman seems to pitch well. But when his hands are sticky, like, and their offense is like okay, you know Don what, it Carlos stands. Judges
2: out. It was a glorified. It's a glorified Angels lineup. Yeah, because it's boomer bust. It's big names, and then fill the rest of the roles with like young players or you know gap fillers. Mm-hmm. But then their big players can't stay healthy. Right. And every, you look at Trout. You look at in years past and, and Rondon with the Angels. It's similar. Stanton can't stay healthy. Judge isn't healthy now, and that hurts them. But Lemay, you can't stay healthy. They, nothing about the Yankees no. this year scares me or worries me, and. It, and I always feel confident in the Astros, but I feel more confident this
1: year. I I would have doubts that the Yankees make the playoffs. I was just going to say. That. I think the Astros are better. I think the Blue Jays are better. I think the Orioles are better. I think the Rays are better. I, I don't like Judge better. Hurry up and get back. Yeah. If Judge isn't back relatively soon, I think the Yankees could fall out of the race. That dude
2: just carries them more than anybody wants to admit. And then when you have real Yankee fans going, I want, Ju- uh, I want uh, Boone fired. He's he's run his course. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want Steinbrenner out. And I was like, good luck because as Texans fans, we know Cal. Cal ain't going anywhere. They're like, well, until Steinbrenner goes, we ain't winning anything. I'm like, I'm glad you realized that, but I hate to break it to you. He ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Do you
3: think the most likely path to the Yankees making the playoffs is the Astros passing the Rangers and then the Rangers falling out of contention?
1: Yes, I do. I think the Yankees have a better chance to catch the Rangers than the Astros.
3: Yeah, and I don't think they'll catch the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays will try to make a big splash to the I think The Mariners here.
1: are better than the Yankees.
3: Yeah, the Mariners can make a big run it's, it's, here. It's
1: a much different conversation depending on Judge. If Judge is back tomorrow, I'm seeing a much different tune. Because I might think be Aaron Judge season. I know, like it's a mystery. I think Aaron Judge is great. Like I think Aaron Judge is one of the top five offensive players in baseball. There is no argument about it. He and that Yankees lineup makes that Yankees a playoff team. If he's out the rest of the season, they're not a playoff team. I think it's that simple when it comes to the Yankees.
2: I absolutely agree. I think that the Mariners are getting hot right now, and their lineup is capable. But their pitching is way better than the Yankees, I think. And I think that when, yeah. you, when you look at all of that across the board, I think the Mariners are a better team than the Yankees. I think you're right. I think you go along down the list of all these different teams in the American League. I think the Yankees are going to struggle, especially if judges still continued. At first, they were flirting with he might miss the season. He won't miss the rest of the season, I don't think. But even still, by the time they get him back, are they going to be in a deficit where they're going to be playing from behind the rest of the season, trying to just scrape their way in?
1: Yeah. You
3: guys remember our MLB draft? I do, yeah. Of the six teams that I drafted, how many do you think are in the playoffs right now? One. Are you kidding me? The Dodgers. That's brutal. I have Padres, Yankees, Cardinals, White Sox, Dodgers, Cubs. Look at
1: you. You drafted a bunch of big market teams, and they're all failing you. (laughs) They're all failing me. I think Blankers is winning that. I looked at that for, like, I stumbled on it. Probably a month ago, and I, I remember looking at Blanker's draft being like, oh yeah, he got the better and better uh, it's all It's pretty
3: close, because he has the Braves, Yeah, that's and the Rays. He also got the Rays late, I think. Oh, got I think the, the Rays yeah. were like
1: his last pick.
3: Like yeah, second to last, yeah. No, no
1: way. I love the Rays. Sure. The Rays are like my second favorite team. Okay. i They're fun I, I'm, to watch. I'm, I'm a huge admirer of the Rays. Like, how they win baseball games with no money, like... I think it's the best organization in baseball. I think there's the smartest like organization the in baseball. the always wanted to be. The Rays just perfected it. Who did, who did Blankers pick, like, last two or three picks?
3: His last pick was the Angels, but his That's fifth, the one I his at, fifth pick was the Rays.
1: Yeah, I, no, I, we all yeah, were. Right, I think I wanted the Rays. Yeah, was the and I was mad that you took the Rays. <laughs> Todd, the it was show, definitely the Angels. Todd says, don't you remember, Branham finding that Rays hat in his attic. You did Remember, wear I wore it, yeah, it one wore day it. to troll yeah. you, and then yep. it got stolen because yep. it was in my car when they stole my car. Is that, that right? The hat no longer belongs to me. It belongs to the thief that stole my car and also stole the raise hat that I once had. It also stole my Kobo's hat. Oh, Kobo's really? P- the, yeah, the, my Kobo's... Coo- that was a good hat. I had like four hats in my car when my car Oof. was stolen, and I was you're way light. more upset with the, the hats than I was the... Uh, car I don't know, hat. Joe. You, you, you say
2: any in your car, you're light. My hat collection that is at the, the ready in my car yep. is like 12. I keep... I actually don't have any hats in my car. Oh, I keep, like, 12 in my car.
3: I
1: the keep them all in my apartment. I've learned my lesson. Like, I don't keep them in my car anymore. If
2: you want some of the hats I keep in my car for, like, at the gym and stuff, go ahead and take them. Hard pass.
1: Yeah, there's nuts. Uh, Alex, Hard pass. Let's get to swimming. Swimming?
2: The Dan Orlovsky conversation.
1: I think we're getting to that a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, I said,
2: let's get to that.
1: Uh, Alex says, depends if the Astros are 100% healthy and the pitching situation entering the playoffs. Like, that is a very rational Safe view to have. I, I don't like having the injury conversations because, like, you could say that about every single team. Like, if if the Yankees are healthy, they're going to be a playoff team. If the Astros are healthy, they're going to be good. If the Braves stay healthy, they could win a World Series. Like the the, the injury healthy thing, I think we kind of talk about it too much now. There's certain players, like you know, if you're relying on Lance McCullers and Jordan Alvarez, a couple of injury-prone guys, I think you have to have that conversation.
2: Look, I think that in regular years in the past the Astros have been extremely blessed in the fact that they haven't had a whole lot of injury to deal with. This year, they've had a ton. And so when you go across the board and think of not just how many players have been hurt, but the magnitude of the players that were hurt, when you talk about Jordan, when you talk about Altuve, when you talk about three starters in your rotation, you know that it's been a different story that has a bigger impact than it's ever had previously during this run. So you factor that in, but you also expect that the way Dusty rests players and the way he's gone about his business since he's been manager, may tend to lead itself to guys being healthier when the playoffs roll around. So, you know, that's where I'll lean. And you don't have a, a, a Verlander situation this year where you've got the guy coming off TJ that you rested but then wanted to put the pedal down and look like he was gassed by the time the playoffs started.
1: Seven one three seven eight zero espn You can continue to weigh in on what you think a failure would be. Um, 31 names I have that I think that the Astros should be interested. We'll do this a little bit at a time, and I want you guys to poo-poo it. Are some of these guys, is it far-fetched? Should they not be on the list? We start to look at some of the Astro trade target candidates next. Killer Bs, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the
2: break, tell you about my good friends at Apollo Men's Health. I've been telling you about them for quite a while. Look, if, if you're working through the hot days of the summer, but you're not losing the weight that you want to lose, and you don't know if there's any solution... Why don't you look at Apollo Men's Health and check into semiglutides? They're FDA approved, and they can have you losing up to six pounds a week. When you start factoring that in, whether you get to the gym or not, and you think you could lose 20 pounds in a month, that's a pretty good deal, and, and it might help you and benefit you as with your health and overall the way that you go about your daily regimen. Check them out today. Go to ApolloMH.com. Check out all the services they offer. If there's a couple that seem like it might be beneficial to you, sign up for an appointment. When you sign up for an appointment, you'll find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders. But then go into that appointment and be honest with them. They're going to ask you tough questions. They're going to ask you where you're falling short, from the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom. If you're having issues... Tell them about it. They'll find solutions. They'll get you on a program that works. They'll get you the results that you need. They take care of people on a daily basis. They got a new location in League City. They got the other two near downtown Houston to better serve you. And they're always going to be attentive and they're going to be focused on getting you results. They're good people doing great things. Go see the people at Apollo Men's
0: Health. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Now with more nougat.
1: You and Lance didn't f-
0: for a year.
1: That's just because he dabbed all the time
0: welcome back houston it's the killer bees joel blank and jeremy branham live from the veritex community bank studios on espn 97.5 and 92.5 9458
1: did uh did you guys hear jake's take on bringing back verlander i didn't catch it y'all catch it i did not i i mentioned bring back verlander Two, three weeks ago. You did. When the Mets were struggling. They've kind of gotten back into the race, though. Like, as of today, I don't think that they're going to be sellers. But we talked about this two, three weeks ago. That I would be interested in Verlander if he's on the block, but I'm also unloading some salary. Like, if I'm getting Verlander, that means you're getting Montero. Like, I'm getting out of Montero's contract if I'm taking Verlander's big contract. So now I'm getting Verlander at a little bit of a discount because I'm clearing myself of uh, Montero and then maybe a couple prospects. I would be interested in that, no doubt. But I'm not just absorbing the entire contract. Either the Mets retain some of the salary or they're taking back a Montero, a bad contract.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, that's the only way it makes sense, right? I mean, I, I don't want to give up a whole lot because nope. you're doing them a solid by taking the contract off their books. You know who you're getting, although he's probably a little less than what you had when you had him here. But you know that he can still help you. So if you can take Montero off the books and they can maybe absorb some part of the salary, then it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yep. All right. So I put together a tra- – I did a deep dive. Last couple of days I've been working on this as I was watching All-Star Games and home run derbies. We we put together a team list that we thought were going to be sellers. I started to do Milwaukee, and I just couldn't, like – get myself to say that Ryan, uh, Christian Yelich will be traded or the other pitcher. What was it, the Corbin Burns? Corbin Burns. He's got I, another I, year
2: on his deal. Yeah, but I talked to people back home that said that sooner rather than later, they're going to try and move him because he hasn't been able to let go of arbitration when huh. the team was very critical and said they didn't make the playoffs because of him. Mm-hmm. And you know how they do. And We've heard other players in the past say, get hey, ugly. the things that I heard that I didn't expect to hear when I went to an arbitration session with my own team He's very bitter about it. They're pretty adamant. They're not going to sign him long term. So I think there's a, ch- a good chance he could go before the deadline.
1: Did you hear the uh, the one Astro that hated Jeff Luno? Because the, actually, it wasn't Luno? I think it was Tobman. Actually, because I think Tobman handled the arbitration with the Astros. It was uh, McHugh, Colin McHugh. He hated. The Astros front office because of how they handled arbitration. I think he's going to be more likely, though, Burns to be a uh, an offseason move because, like, they're one back of the division right now. They don't have to trade him right now because he's not a free agent until next offseason. Not this one, the next one. So I, I think that if they move him, it might be in the offseason. Uh, anyways, let's start with the Angels. We're going to do this sporadically through the show, We're not going to do it all at once. There's, and by the way, Looking at this list and kind of looking at some of the teams that are going to be buyers, I think, in the, uh, in the trade deadline market, I feel like this is going to be more of a James Click trade line, trade deadline than a Jeff Luno trade deadline. I think we're going to see two to three smallish moves that helps the bottom of this roster. Then we're going to see a Jeff Luno trading for a Zach Grinke, trading for a Justin Verlander, having a deal done for Bryce Harper before it was nixed by the Nationals owner. Uh, the Garrett Cole trade, which was offseason, not deadline. I don't think we're going to see anything splashy from the Astros. Dana Brown one because they don't have the minor league system to compete with some of the other buyers at the trade deadline. But I do think we're going to see some minor moves. I think we're going to see two or three deals for for the Astros. Starting with the Angels, there's four names from the Angels that I think that you could have some interest in. First one, Brandon Drury. And this is more of a backup, off-the-bench player. This is not a splash. This is not somebody who's going to be a starter for you. And he's a right-handed bat, not a left-handed bat, but he can play every infield position besides shortstop. Won a silver slugger last year, 14 homers. Now he does make $8.5 million next year, so you still have to pay him next season. And he also hasn't played in a couple weeks. He's had a shoulder bruise, has a little bit of inflammation. They expect him back soon, but there's some injury concern there. Brandon Jury to me is like my plan D. Like this is if I've missed out on a lot of other players. I'm just looking for an added oomph. Off the bench, a late-inning pinch hitter, some insurance on the infield in case there's more injury. I have Brandon Jury on my trade deadline target list. What
2: do you got to give up to get him?
1: I don't think you have to give up much because I think the, the Angels would be fine getting out of that $8.5 million yeah. next year.
2: I, I think that's the key. And if he makes your bench better, and we go back to what I keep referring to about what they did a year ago under a different general manager and what Dana has echoed now this year, which is they're looking for insurance. Well, your insurance is strengthening your bench with a chance that if someone has to sit or has an injury, this is a guy that is capable of stepping in. Then, as long as you don't have to give up a whole lot to get him, I'm I'm on board with that. And this is
1: super back burner. This is if you miss out like on almost everything else. And again, if they're asking for too much, I'm not dying on the Brandon Jury Hill. Next, Anaheim Angel. Carlos Estevez, who is the closer for the Angels, 30 years old. He's just under $7 million this year and next year, which might not be the worst thing in the world because you have two relievers coming off of your books this offseason Ryan Stanek and uh, Phil Maton. He signed from Colorado. He's having a career year. He had a 347 ERA last year in Colorado, a 180 ERA this year with the Angels. He's a 6'6, 280 pound behemoth, fastball, the upper 90s. Look, this is one of the moves where you're adding to a strength. You don't have the luxury of Rafael Montero the way he was pitching last year. This is adding strength to a strength, and we all know how important a bullpen can be in the playoffs. If you can get Estevez for a pretty fair trade, that's somebody that I'm interested in.
2: Yeah, it's another guy that really kind of impacts you because of the fact that no matter what he brings to the table, the Astros have the resources to possibly make him better. They have the pitching coaches. They have the ability to work with him on off-speed pitches and spin rate and things like that to where we've seen it time and time again with pitchers the Astros acquire or bring up and then basically do some things that end up making a big impact. That's the kind of guy they'd like to have. That's why they drafted the kid from UCLA in the second round because he's got 95-plus fastball, and they can help him with the other things. I think that this would be another guy, especially because Stanek's a guy that when he gets out on the open market, a lot of like what you and I thought was going to happen with Montero other teams are just going to see the fastball mm-hmm. they're going to see the ERA of a year ago they're going to say this guy is capable of being a back of a bullpen guy we're going to give him more money than the Astros are going to think. This could be your replacement for a guy like that.
1: Absolutely. So it's a little bit of the future and helps you this year. Astros won because of their bullpen last year. You add a, you add an Esteves who has a sub two ERA to a Presley to an Abreu to a Neris, to a Stanek. The Astros back half of the game is nasty. It is nasty. This is makes it even nastier.
3: I like that one too because you know the one thing Dusty Baker showed us last year in the playoffs is that. Because of Ryan Stanick's walk percentage, like even though like the ERA was great in the regular season, Stanick was not used in pretty much any high leverage situations for the entire postseason run last <laughs> year. So, like, if you go into this season, I think Phil Maton, in theory, replaces some of that, but you also basically don't have Montero. I was going to say, that, right. like, yeah, he's that, on yeah. your roster, but, like, he's. He's, He's mop a low-leverage mop-up guy now. Mm-hmm. So you really do probably need another elite arm to replace some of those innings from
1: last year. And Maton hasn't looked nearly as good the last 15 games that he did in the first you know, half of the first half. And look... These relievers have been taxed. Like, Get somebody else that can lighten the load on some of these high-leverage relievers. Now, Estevez might be like a bigger name than I anticipate the Astros trading for. Two other relievers from the Angels, and these are like those minor moves that, that aren't going to move the needle at all, but they make your team better because it means Ronald Blanco is not on your roster or a Brandon Belak is not on your roster. One of them we brought up the yesterday. The king of the world walk. What's that? The king of the world walk. Oh, yeah, Chris Davinsky. Yep. That was the next one. Yep. Davinsky, 32 years old, right-handed middle reliever, final year of his deal, so it's a rental, so it means you can get him for next to nothing. He's finally healthy after three years of not being healthy, and he's got a three eighty-two ERA. It, it, is, is that great? Is he going to be a high-leverage pitcher for your team in the playoffs? No, but he's an upgrade from the low-leverage guys. He's an upgrade from a B-LAC, from a Renell Blanco, and tries to lighten the low with those high-leverage guys. This is actually the type of moves that I think the Astros are going to make. I think they're going to make two or three moves for like the Chris Davinsky tier of player, where it's not even going to be somebody who helps you in high leverage situations. It's not going to be somebody that starts many games, but they can help you lighten the load for your pitching staff, whether it's a starter or whether it's in the bullpen, and they can be a pinch hitter late in the game instead of a blind address. I think these are the type of moves Chris Davinsky kind of fits that profile for the Astros.
2: No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I'm looking at Poncho and King saying no trades and I'm like, you can't be serious. You're going to stand pat and say no trades and King came back and said, you know that's because they don't have the capital gift. But if you're getting guys in the last years of their deals, then you don't have to give up much to get the kind of guys that can help you this year. And that's what I think they should be looking for too. I agree with what you're saying. I think that you're going to see three moves possible, but I think one is going to impact your farm system to some degree at the AAA level, and I think the rest of them are going to be lesser than prospects a couple years away in in exchange for guys that are going to be plug-and-play wherever you may
1: need them. You can get a Davinsky for a guy who's a chip in a chair, like that never even sees the big leagues. You can get these guys cheap. What's a chip in a chair? It's a poker term. You have a chip in a chair, you have a prayer, you have a shot, you have a hope, but not really a chance. Uh, Matt Moore, final angel, 34-year-old lefty. Coming off an oblique injury, which is scary. Astros and obliques. Last year of his deal. Sub-2 ERA last year in Texas. First year of a a reliever last year. Converted starter. 144 ERA this year. He's a lefty. We know that Dusty likes his lefties. The problem with this lefty is he's a reverse splits guy. Lefties actually hit him better than righties do. But he owns righties. Sub-2 ERA. Last two years as a reliever. Matt Moore, I think, would actually be... It wouldn't be a splash. It wouldn't be a needle. I think he helps his bullpen quite a bit. Actually, a name, two names from the Tigers. This is one that we brought up quite a bit. Eduardo Rodriguez. This is the first starter on this list. Eduardo Rodriguez, 30-year-old southpaw. Uh, he's coming off the finger injury, but has pitched. He made one not so good start. Problem with Rodriguez is he does make some money. He makes $18 million next year, $16 million after that. $15 million the year after that. So you're looking, what is that quick math? $49 million over the next three years after this. Are the Astros going to want to invest that in Eduardo Rodriguez? 264 ERA this season, 404 in his career, has appeared in 11 postseason games, so the moment's not too big. I think he helps this rotation, no doubt about it, but are you investing that type of money in Eduardo Rodriguez the next three years after this it's when he's going to be in his early 30s? Kind of
2: a McCullers deal with, with more because it, with the uh, the escalators that keep coming at you. But you have to evaluate how much you think he's got left. And you also have to evaluate how much of McCullers you think you're going to have. Because you're not paying McCullers what a guy that was healthy with McCullers type stuff would be getting. So it's almost like a combo platter, but obviously it's a little bit more. But if you can think that you're going to get with a better team, with a better offense, with better defense behind you, do you think you can get even more out of him? It's something you got to consider. And then, again, it always comes back to me, at what
1: price? See, that contract, all of these are going to depend on the price, right? But that contract might actually make the prospect load less. So, like, that is one, it's another way to think about it. Uh, The money makes it interesting. And Juan Rodriguez has not been consistent his entire career. So, it's like, I think it helps you this year. I think it's a negative going forward. Uh, Another Tiger, how about former Astro great Jose Cisnero? (laughs) <laughs> he's a 34-year-old right-handed reliever. 344 ERA this year, 358 career ERA. Fastball sinker guy. He throws up to 96. This again, this is your, you know, he's going to help out the bullpen, but he's not going to be high leverage in your bullpen. And then the final one in this segment, another reliever, this one from Kansas City, Scott Barlow, 30-year-old righty, 409 ERA this year. Not great, but 321 in his career. He was sub-3, uh, sub-3 ERA the last two years in Kansas City. He also has one more year of club control. So, you get them on the cheap next year as well. Heavy slider, curveball guy, more of a junk guy. Uh, big strikeout guy, though, and a high walk guy. So, again, a reliever that's going to help you, but probably not one of your top three, top yeah, four leverage probably guys. Probably kind
2: of low priority for me, then. This that, is that's probably. That, yeah, this is
1: if you strike out on all the other yeah, ones for me. Yeah,
2: at last minute when you're still trying to make something that you think could happen that could help you a couple times, or, and again, another insurance policy, then maybe. The one thing I would also look at has anything changed since he had success a couple years ago? Is the velocity the same? Is the spin rate the same? Is you know all the everything that you would analyze with his pitching in terms of his arm and his and his age? If anything like that hasn't declined, then I'd be more likely to explore it.
1: Love any of those? Like any of those? Hate any of those? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We'll get back to the list a little bit later. Uh, Astro general manager Dana Brown. Uh, Was talking to the flagship earlier today. He says the priority has has changed. It's now starting pitcher. Do you agree with the logic from Dana Brown? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two
0: five. ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five at work, in the gym, and in the bedroom. I've seen the huge difference it's made for you in the gym, at work, and in the bedroom. killer bees what about the murderous jays we've got joel jeremy and joe that's three jays coming to you live from the veritex community bank studios on espn 97.5 it's the killer bees and murderous jays
1: 60 30 how about uh, hunter renfro hunter renfro is interesting can't play center field and he's right-handed if you can get hunter renfro cheap i'm cool with it but you're throwing him into a very congested outfit with a lot of like mediocre offensive right handed batters. So I don't know. I don't really
2: I, I love his defense.
1: Yeah, his defense is really good. He's a right more in right field though. Which, oh,
2: he's definitely in right field. I mean, he
1: can play left. He's capable of playing sure. left if he can play right, but he's not going to play center field for you. His his OPS is down quite a bit. I think it's like seven forty. He's got good pop. He does have some pop, but his OPS is seven forty. He's getting outperformed yeah. by Corey Jolks right now. So like unless you're getting him for really, really cheap, I'd rather just play Corey Jolks. Like I'm not giving up a, a decent prospect Is for a guy a who's going an equivalent to a Corey Maybe in
2: the postseason that he not would... not sure. Because I don't really remember. I mean, he played with Milwaukee last year.
1: Yeah, I don't think he has a ton of He was of in
2: Boston for one really good year that I think they made the postseason.
1: Was that the year that they won it all?
2: No, it was after that. He
1: wasn't there in 18? I don't think so. But,
2: I mean, I, I don't... Look, I, I think that he's a really... Uh, he's a good, above-average player that could help teams. I'm not sure he could help this team.
1: Yeah, I think he's kind of I think he's kinda of Corey Jolks, but that has been around the block a little he's bit. he's got more
2: pop than Corey Jolks, but I think Corey Jolks is more athletic in the outfield and he steals more bases.
1: I, mean, I think Renfro had more pop. He's got a four forty eight slugging right now. You look at Corey Jolks slugging, I bet you it's right around that same. Yeah, it's four well, it's four oh eight. So yeah, he he's forty better points in the slugging. But again, are you going to give a decent prospect for a Renfro when you kinda already have him in Corey Jolks? Now if you get him for free, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, I'll take them. So it's like to what you say. It depends on the price when yep. it comes to that. Uh, Dana Brown went on the flagship uh, earlier today, his Wednesday conversation with the uh, the flagship. They were. He was asked by QB1, you only can get one move. What is your priority? And look, the headline of this reads one way. The context of how he answered it sounds a much different way. The headline is the Astros' top trade target is a starting pitcher. The way he answered it was kind of like this. Uh, uh, we could use a lot of pieces, but if you're telling me just one, I guess starting pitcher. So like, let's, let's kind of understand the context whenever he was answering the question. But he did say starting pitching right now would be the priority at the deadline. Do you agree with the Astros general manager that starting pitching should be the number one target for the deadline?
2: Yeah, we talked about this the other day. It's my personal belief that that is where they should start. Uh, and that's where they should look at. What they have to give up and prioritize as what they need to get back. I think that it's almost like making a trade in the second half when you're getting back your all-star second baseman and your all-world power hitter. It, that that's just a huge boost. That regardless of what else you get, as long as we don't have a huge drop off from Abreu and we have you know Bregman still showing signs that he hopefully can continue to improve. I think this lineup is too good top to bottom. When you add those two guys, and and, and as long as they're healthy, I I think that kind of minimizes the priority just a touch below starting pitching in terms of if you want to add an extra bat. Obviously, the absence of a guy I'm not counting on in Michael Brantley plays into this. And so, yeah, as you mentioned, Corey Jolks is a guy that for the regular season looks like he's capable. We know Chaz has been fantastically and capable. But as it relates to the playoffs and this team in go-for-it mode, if there's a better bat out there that you can add, I still want them to do that. I just think it starts with, if you get a Giolito if you get a guy that, you know, even, I don't know if Lance Lynn is is someone that I'm really enamored with, but, you know, I, I've been, you know, big on, on Bieber. If, if you get guy, a guy like that, that maybe isn't at the top of where their game used to be, but kind of infused with joining a team that has World Series aspirations and can be really good behind you. I think that that would be where I would start.
1: It, it's funny, too, whenever he answered this question, he goes, I don't think the starting pitchers that are going to be on the market are very good. Dana, Ray flat, Dana Brown flat out I said guess. that. I think there's going to be two or three starting pitchers that are moved that we look at. and Like, okay, well, that guy's a good starting pitcher. I don't think the Astros are going to be in the conversation for those guys, to be completely honest with you. like I don't think Bieber is going to be traded. Like The, the Guardians are in first place right now. I, I do think that Giolito is going to get traded, but if Giolito is the best pitcher on the on the, on the the trade market, one, Dana Brown has already told you that he doesn't want to give up his top prospects for rentals. Lucas Giolito Gio is a rental, and I think the Astros would also be outbid That's what I was for say. Lucas Giolito. There's going to be Lito.
2: Competi- competition for Giolito. I think
1: there's two or three... Quality starting pitchers. I think there's going to be a handful of like depth starting pitchers, but like two or three quality, quality starting pitchers that the Astros weren't aren't going to be in the market for. Like they're not going to be able to acquire those guys. One because of Dana Brown's refusal to include top prospects for a rental, which I agree with him with. And then secondly, these other teams that are going to be buyers have better minor league systems than the Houston
3: Astros. It's like Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery, Marcus Stroman, Lucas Giolito. Probably Lance Lynn.
1: Lance Lynn has been awful this year. Yeah.
3: His last like couple starts, he's been All training most of up. His veg- vegetable. I mean, he yeah.
1: actually it's not like he had one really good start, and then the other starts around that were not good.
3: Kyle Hendricks is probably up there. I mean, it's like, that, but that's my point. Like, it's it's not good. Like, Zach Greinke will get traded at the deadline, most likely. I
2: don't think so. I think he'll just ride it out. I don't know. He's gonna. He's so quirky. He might just want to stay.
1: Yeah. And he's bad. Like his ERA's raise around oh, five. Like I'd rather have Ranelle Blanco start games than Zach Grinky. His grunt is harder than his you.
2: his fastball right now. Like it's so, a fun
1: story because it's Grinky and he's yeah. cool and he was here like in the you know part of the golden era. But he's no longer good at pitching.
3: Kyle Freeland is the other one that I just, I don't know
1: how good he is. I don't think he's in the past. I would have been all in on Kyle Freeland this year. He's been terrible away from Coors, which, okay. Like, I can understand him pitching bad at home, but he's been pitching really bad away, which is something that terrifies me. And here's something that I learned about Kyle Freeland yesterday. Kyle Freeland is due... $15 Fifteen million dollars next year. He's due fifteen. He's due sixteen million dollars in two thousand twenty-five. He's due sixteen million dollars in two thousand twenty-six, and he's due seventeen million dollars vested in two thousand twenty-seven. If I think if it's an innings pitch qualifier,
3: you could have stopped after yeah. next year. He's too yeah. expensive. Yeah. And I'm out. Kyle
2: Freeland's not on my list for the expense. Like it's too risky for the expense. Like I'd rather take the expense. With a guy that I know has has been there and done that enough that I feel like you, he could do that again. What's the in in uh, Detroit?
1: Eduardo Rodriguez. Yes, yeah,
2: I would say Rodriguez is the guy that I'd be more willing to invest in. Saying I still think he's got good years in him, where I I, I don't think that I'm going to get you know fleeced in this de- Plus in deal. Plus, he's been
1: good this year. Where Freeland's yeah. not been good. this year. I think year.
2: Freeland's a guy that's just way too risky, and it's more risk than reward. And mm-hmm. I just don't want to take that risk.
1: I would be interested in Freeland. Like again, Plan B, Plan C. I've missed out on all these other starting pitchers. If it was the final year of his deal, right, exactly. But that he has money attached to his name—at least forty-seven million dollars for the next three years. Potentially another seventeen million if he pitches one hundred and seventy innings in two thousand twenty-six, which probably doesn't get to that. But still, that's too much money over the next three years for me to be trading for a, a project lefty. And for that reason alone, Jeremy, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I'm fr- yeah. Freeland didn't make my list of tar- trade targets for the Mon- Astros. Montgomery's interesting. Montgomery's coming. We'll get to Montgomery in a little bit. Okay. Um, whenever I hear these quotes from Dana Brown, I understand it. Like I understand that you want another starting pitcher. You don't know what's going on with Javier. Hunter Brown, Like you're hoping this isn't a rookie wall and that he can figure it out. You've used Blanco to start games. You've used Belak to start games. Even if you get Jose Architi back, Jose Architi has not pitched one. Well, pre injury in 2023. So I get all of that. The one thing that I always go to is the Astros, though, still have the second best ERA in all of baseball. So, like, it doesn't seem like the pitching is the issue when they're second best ERA in baseball. They're 13th in runs per game. But the, the question that it makes me ask, though, if all of a sudden Dana Brown is prioritizing starting pitching over left handed bat, and I frankly, I don't believe it. I, I think he's prioritizing both of them, does it tell you what they think of Corey jokes though? Because if they're not prioritizing a bat, that means that they feel pretty good about their outfield rotation, whether it's Chaz every day in center, whether it's a rotation of Jake Myers and Corey Jolks, whether it's Jordan in left field, Yiner I, Diaz is the I, DH. I think
3: it's that. I know it's the one that we all like the least.
1: Yeah, I think because Yiner has proven that he should be in the lineup every day. Right. Most of us would say at the catcher position. But is this change of tone a little bit, slightly for Dana Brown, is it because Jordan Alvarez is now your everyday left fielder, Yiner Diaz is now your everyday DH, and you feel and, – and, You're going to throw in jokes in there. You're going to have your game when Myers plays in center field. This quote to me tells me more about how Dana Brown feels about his offensive players that are currently on this team than it has anything to do with the trade deadline, to be completely honest. I think what it tells me is he's
2: turned the corner and pulled the 180 a little bit in the fact that it's threefold. It's because you're getting what you're getting out of Chaz and whatever Dusty had or didn't have against him. There was just no way you could keep him out of the lineup with the way he's performed and no matter where you plug and play him. He, he just keeps, you know, taking care of his business, and, and then Jolks has continued to get better. He's a guy like you mentioned, what you know, anybody could have had it in this last off season, and now he's become a guy that Dusty and the team can't do without because he's so versatile. Because he's when he when he's in there, he gets numbers. He can steal bases for you. He's he's a better than average outfielder on most occasions. Now, as he's continued to progress with his experience. So you don't feel like you have to do anything there either. and then as Diaz progressed too, now he's got so much young you know production out of these younger guys, the guys that maybe he wasn't counting on that that's probably changed his thought process. 713-780-ESPN, HRP
1: listener line, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. 3776 Get to some of those names on this tar- trade target list. See if there's anyone that moves the needle for you guys. Killer bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.
2: Hey, before we go to the break, I'll tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville. Look, I'm just going to be really honest with you. As you get older, and guys, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and some quicker than others, You start realizing when you look in the mirror in the morning that your hair is going away. And maybe it's your hairline because your forehead has become an eight head. Maybe because you got that baboon's butt that's rearing its head on the top of yours every single day. And so you start trying to cover it up and you start, you know, spending less time worried about what you look like and more time hoping no one's looking at you at all. That's because you can't have a solution to find a way to get your hair back. Now there is one. It's called the Neograft Procedure, and it's Doc Linville's specialty. In my mind, he's the best in the business at doing it, and it's something that I think you should look into because it costs you nothing to investigate. And I'm telling you, it's not the sprays and the creams and foams that max the problem. It's not the option of shaving it all off. It's taking your hair where you're never going to lose it. Genetically, no matter how bald people get on top and in the front, they're never going to lose it on the sides and the back. It's just a fact. He takes some of that, puts it where you need, need it most, and almost instantaneously you have more coverage area, you've got a a better look, and you feel better and have more confidence. I love the fact that when Doc brought it to me and I did all the investigating and asked all the questions, the biggest thing to me that really kind of stood there and made a difference for me was 95 to 99% of the follicles that he's going to move and put where you need them are going to stay, grow, get stronger, longer, and be with you for the long haul. That was enough for me. You check it out for free. You go to 975hair.com. As a listener to this station, you don't have to pay the $150 bucks that anybody off the street would have to pay to get the information and talk to Doc Linville and his staff. You get to talk to him for free, ask all the questions, get all the answers, from financing to the procedure itself to the recovery time to when you're going to see all the results. I'm telling you, it's worth the conversation. And then just decide. You could be the next in line to capitalize and really flourish with a new head of hair. Check them out today. Tell him I sent you by. It's Doc Linville at 975hair.com. you.
0: ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter-patter. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her.